T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From KMOX Sports. The young swings and lifts a high fly ball. Billikens win! This is Sports Open Line. It's a grand slam. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice. Yes. KMOX. A good Tuesday evening to you. A happy election day, election night to you. My name's Matt Pauley. It is election night. That means our incredible, our incredible KMOX news team will be taking over at 7 o'clock and taking you deep into the night with news and election coverage. So uh, I'll have you for just this hour or so before we make way. And it's going to be an interesting night to be sure. I got to tell you something. And I speak for every sports broadcaster Every sports journalist out there, I'm going to I'm gonna let you in on, maybe it's a secret, maybe it's not a secret, I don't know, but it's something we feel, and you're going to think it's incredibly petty, and you're right, very petty, incredibly petty, super petty. On election night, as sports broadcasters, we all get a little perturbed, and the reason we get perturbed is because all of a sudden, all these people who are working evenings and working nights... They are they they receive all kinds of food. We if you go on Twitter, you see newsroom pizza everywhere. And everybody's talking about the big deal of working late in the night. And we as people in the sports industry, we work late pretty much every night and we don't get brought election night pizza on on very often. So there you go. That is that is the thing that sports broadcasters out there, I promise you, as they are scrolling through Twitter this evening and seeing picture after picture after picture of newsroom pizza, as newsrooms, much like ours across the country, are working late tonight, many sports broadcasters are going to be sitting there going, yeah, we do that uh, like every night because games are at night. Just throwing that out there. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. Again, have you for the hour. And uh, news coverage takes over at 7 o'clock uh, with all the election coverage. Uh, the Blues are just underway in Philadelphia. We'll keep you updated on that as we go along. They are trying to avoid some franchise history tonight and not good franchise history. They're on a back-to-back. Yesterday, they lose to the Bruins by a 3-1 score, and that was their seventh straight loss in regulation. That ties a franchise record. It has happened a handful of times uh, in the history of the organization. They have never lost eight straight games in regulation 
in the history of the franchise. So they are trying to avoid that tonight against a uh, Flyers team, a Flyers team that's not especially good, uh, but their record is okay. They're they're six three and two. They've got a ton of injury. Like you look at their record and you try to figure out how they've won as many games as they've won based off uh, how depleted they have been. So give them credit, but. The Flyers are very much a beatable team. Uh, it wasn't quite a pick 'em. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head the the odds for who was going to win this game uh, were very close. Uh, it was almost a pick 'em. So that tells you that the odds makers out there do think that the Blues at least have a shot tonight. And it's getting to a point with this team. Like I don't. I'm I'm starting to get worried. I'm starting to get worried. It, it has hit a point for me where I'm sitting here going, okay, are, are they going to be able to get out of this? I have told you, night after night after night after night, as we've talked about this team, I just keep telling you, they're going to be okay. They're going to start scoring goals. This is this is early season, season stuff. They're working out some chemistry issues. They're working out some, some kinks, and it's all going to be okay. But as the losses do continue to mount up, and the team now sitting with a record of 3-7-0, and it's... It's not like this is a must win tonight, but we're coming up on a point where you're getting deep enough into the season where you got to start finding some points. You got to start finding some wins. And the the question that you have that if you're a Doug Armstrong is at what point do you start looking at kind of changing the DNA of this team? He has already said publicly that they're not going to make a coaching change. So the only other thing you can do is try to make a trade and is that going to happen at some point in the in the near future? Don't know. Uh, showing a little bit of fight literally right now. Braden Shin just got into it. Uh, so I, maybe that's what they need. Maybe maybe that's the energy that they, they need. I, I, I don't know. But he's headed to the box uh, right now. Again, scoreless just a few minutes in. We'll keep you updated on that. Slew Bilkins basketball yesterday. What a great start to the season. That's a really good Murray State team that they matched up against. And they uh, they won, and they won pretty easily. Uh, they they put up 91 points on a good defensive team, and they win 91-68. I never would have thought that they were going to score 91 last night, and it just shows how good they can be from an offensive standpoint. There were some gaudy numbers that were put up last night. Their leading scorer, Javante Perkins, he ends up uh, scoring uh, 21 points. He was 4 of 10 on three-point shots. Uh, Gibson Jimerson had 20 points uh, last night. Javon Pickett had a nice line, 13 points and 13 rebounds. How about the line for Yuri Collins? Eight points, 14 assists. Count them, 14 assists and not a single turnover. He accounted for 14 of the team's 23 assists. They had 23 assists on 35 baskets. That was a lot of fun last night, as you heard right here on KMOX, and that is a fantastic start to the season uh, for the Billikens as they continue to prove just how good they are going to be. They're back at it coming up on Saturday when they are going to play host to Evansville. That's going to be a 6 o'clock start. We'll have the broadcast for you Saturday evening at about 5.45. We will also have some slew uh, women's basketball for you. We've got a handful of uh, slew women's games on the air this year, and they're going to match up against SIUE coming up on Friday night. Uh, that's going to be a 7.30 tip-off, so our coverage will begin at about 7.15. Also, we can confirm. I think I can say it. Can I say it? Where we're going to be on Friday? Am I good to say that? Okay. Uh, we are going to be live from uh, City Park. 
the stadium formerly known as Centene Stadium coming up on Friday as it is the uh, expansion draft, and we're looking forward to uh, to that. Was there just another fight in the Blues game? What is going on? Okay, well, we'll maybe a me- are, they, are they just trying to energize themselves? So two fights, two Blues into the box. We'll keep you updated on that. Up next, though, we will be joined. Uh, by the way, Dana Ford, the Missouri State men's basketball coach, he is our uh, coach tonight as we uh, go through our uh, parade of coaches. So Coach Ford will be with us coming up at about 635. Up next, we'll be joined by Carter Chapley from uh, STL Today and the Post-Dispatch. We'll do that next. This is Sports Open Line. My name is Matt Pauley. This is KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is America's Sports Voice. GigaMOX. Sports Open Line does continue just a one-hour edition of the program today as our election wall-to-wall coverage will begin at 7 o'clock. We've got a lot to get to between now and then. Missouri State men's basketball coach Dana Ford's going to join us in about 15 minutes. But right now, very happy to uh, welcome in uh, Carter Chapley, STL Today, the Post-Dispatch, STL Pinch Hits. He's all over the place. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, Chapley Media. Carter, always appreciate your time. How are you? Well, I appreciate you having me on every week. I, I, one of these days, you'll figure out to stop inviting me. But until then, I will take every advantage you give me. Uh, you will not be disinvited. You are going to be a regular part of this program <laughs> as far as as long as I have uh, a vote on it. As uh, it is election day, let's. Uh, I want to talk to you about both the Cardinals and the Billikens. Let's start with the Cardinals. Uh, they announced this past week Matt Holiday is the bench coach. They just promote uh, basically assistants into the hitting coach and pitching coach roles. Did anything jump out at you about that uh, that announcement from earlier in the week? Um, I don't know if anything jumped out at me. I certainly think it's interesting to see Matt Holiday getting involved in the bench coach role. I think that makes the most sense for him rather than hitting coach. Um, I would guess that the thing that stands out the most is that they've stuck with their internal commitment to what they were already doing from a coaching perspective. They, they promote from within for pitching coach and hitting coach, basically just moving the assistants up Um and maybe giving a, mo- a little more sol- like solidifying of their commitment to analytics 
and things of that nature with moving uh, assistant pitching coach up to pitching coach and Dusty Blake, but and with Turner Ward as well. So I guess that's the only thing that really stands out. But I think it's I'm excited to see what Matt Holiday brings to the coaching staff. He's an incredibly intelligent baseball mind. He's got kids who have come up in the game now as well. He's got a whole different perspective, and I think he's going to be really great at what he does. And if he's interested in it, I wouldn't be surprised if he's the next of a many long line of Cardinals bench coaches to get head coaching opportunities. So that, it, it's an exciting time in that sense. It's a really young staff, and you hit on it just in terms of the organization's commitment to, to using data. We already knew that that commitment existed, uh, but you talk about going all in. They, they have absolutely done that if they hadn't already. Yeah, absolutely. This is They truly believe in it. Uh, they were going to offer contract extensions to the current group that kind of helped shepherd that in. I think, you know, Turner Ward is a, is a guy who was initially brought in as a voice of the players, an ex-player who can relate to players maybe a little bit better than Jeff Albert could. Uh, not that he couldn't, but that's kind of what his, I guess, role was kind of in, in a sense. And it, he also has a commitment to this, right? Like, so I think you're seeing a doubling down, especially with, with the new pitching coach, who did a lot of that work to establish the, the grounds of what that analytic uh, mindset would look like. And now he's running his show. And, you know, it's, it's one thing to be the guy who you rely on in terms of analytics. And it's another thing to run the show. And now he gets to kind of have it his way. So we'll see how it works out for him and see if, you know, how the pitching staff is able to develop in a more numbers driven environment. Is there any reason to be concerned that the staff doesn't have the grizzled veteran, especially with a relatively young manager and Oliver Marmel? You had Mike Maddox before. There's just there's now really nobody on that staff um, who's yeah yeah you know, Willie McGee is, is is obviously an older guy, but just in terms of guys who have been coaching forever and kind of have that old school take that that doesn't really exist. No, you're right. It's definitely not there. It's definitely something that they they would probably say lacks if you had to like assign attributes to what everybody brings to the table. Uh, I think maybe Matt Holiday might bring some of that older school line of thinking. Stubby Clapp does as well. There are guys in the organization who do. But, I mean, the one thing I think people would be frustrated with is that if you're going to establish a vision and you're going to establish a mindset for how an organization is going to be run, any organization, where you work, where you, you know, like any business, if you're going to establish an identity and a mindset for how that's going to, to function – it wouldn't be ideal to bring in multiple different voices who are going to talk contrarily to that, right? You probably want one cohesive vision so that at the very least, if you learn that it doesn't work, you know, it doesn't work. It's not a matter of too many voices or too many cooks in the kitchen, as they say. So I, 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 there's a case to be made that it's just too many, that it's, that if you're going to go all in on something, go all in on it. And if it's going to be youth and, and that kind of thing, okay, that's what they've decided to do. I, the point you make about Matt Holiday, and, and I said this the other day, there's actually not that many levels of baseball where winning is the number one thing. And a lot of in the minor leagues, player development trumps winning. So you're looking at college baseball and some levels of independent baseball as really the only high levels of baseball where winning is the number one thing. So in many ways, bringing in somebody from the college ranks to be a bench coach makes actually a little bit more sense in some ways than maybe bringing in a, a longtime minor league manager who's always been kind of a player development type guy yeah absolutely especially for a team that 
wants to win right now. The Cardinals want to win right now. And so there's no point in bringing in someone who is developmentally or developed mentally oriented, I guess is a good way of putting it. You're right. This is a team that wants to win immediately. I, you know, Daniel Guerrero and I talk about it a bunch on the best podcast in the minors. We kind of switched our opinion on with the minor leagues being simply a development league though. I think there is some merit that a lot of minor league teams and a lot of minor league systems are trying to shift a little bit more to the winning culture because learning how to win baseball games is important. Learning the culture of winning baseball games is important, and that can start at lower levels, right? We see oftentimes when, so for example, the Houston Astros is a good example of it. When their initial core was coming up, they were very successful at single A, double A, and triple A, and then they'd be successful at the major leagues. Now, is that necessarily a one-to-one transferable across the, 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 you know, the whole wide world of, of baseball? No, but I think you brought in a guy who has shown he knows how to win at the highest levels. I mean, the big 12 is a pretty great baseball conference mm-hmm. and he can, and he can do it and, he, and he's done it at the major league level too. So I, I, I don't disagree with you that with this team wanting to win right now, this is the kind of guy you want on your staff. The other news of the week, Moises Gomez added to the 40-man roster, so they're able to uh, make sure that he stays in the organization. Really interesting numbers, 39 home runs last year. That leads all of minor league baseball, does it between AA and AAA. Uh, none of us really know how that skill set will translate to the big league level, but also you, you show that much power. You have a DH now. It really feels like somebody that they didn't want to see just walk away. Yeah, that, that's that's really it, right? They just don't want to see him just go for free to someone else. Um, he was a minor league free agent or could have opted for minor league free agency, uh, so he probably wouldn't have made it all the way to the Rule 5 draft. But if he had, he probably would have been someone who some major league uh, organization out there who can take a risk on these kinds of guys would have taken. So when you're thinking about Moises Gomez, you're thinking about a guy who can play in the major leagues next se- as early as next season, right? Probably opening day. So to lose him for free and to and all it cost you was a forty man spot in November. Uh, I mean that that seems like if if you were to lose him, that seems like pretty poor asset management to me. Carter Chapley continues to join us. Let's talk a little slew basketball before we get you out of here. They face off against a pretty good Murray State team yesterday. They throw up 91 on them, winning 91-68. There's some gaudy numbers in there. Uh, They get 19 points from, uh, excuse me, they get um, 21 points from Javante Perkins, uh, 20 from Gibson Jimerson. You had the 14 assists, no turnover effort from from Yuri Collins. That's that's quite an opening night for the Billikens. Yeah, and it, it, you know, this is my, I think, fourth year covering Slew basketball, and I would say in my time covering, that's probably the best opening night performance we've seen when you combine, and probably in the Travis Ford era, to be completely honest, when you combine who, how well they played and who they played against. That Murray State team is going to be a lot better than people think. They're a talented, athletic, well-coached group, and right now they're, you know, they're predicted to finish seventh in the Missouri Valley. I think they're going to finish a lot higher than that. They've got a lot of potential. But when you combine all those things, it really shows just how strong and how deep this Billiken team can be. And you won't get all those performances every night out of all those guys, but that's kind of what's so special, right, is that they don't need to. You only need Javante Perkins or Gibson Jimerson or Yuri Collins or uh, Mizzou transfer Javon Pickett, who had 13-13 and 13 himself. Uh, you know, just take your pick. Any one of those guys can do it themselves. It was a, it was a good night in Billikenland 
last night. That's for sure. Really good night. Not to take anything away from Evansville, but you look past this Saturday, you, Memphis and Maryland, either Miami or Providence, uh, a game against Auburn coming up later on in the month. We're going to know a lot about this team very quickly. Oh, yes, very quickly. I think you can find out something about Evansville as well on Saturday, right? Like, good, te- good teams don't just win. They win by a lot. And, it, and they did last night. They, they covered easily. And they need to again on Saturday. But I'm really looking forward to that Memphis game. They went down there last year and played this Memphis team. It's a different Memphis team, obviously. But with Penny Hardaway's team, and when SLU went down to Memphis to play there, they got their clocks clean. So I'd like to think that there's a little bit more of a uh, maybe some revenge game vibes going on headed into that game. He is Carter Chapley. Follow him on Twitter at Chapley Media. Read him. Post dispatch STL today. Subscribe to STL Pinch Hits. You can get all kinds of extra stuff from there as well. Uh, you mentioned the best podcast in the minors earlier. Uh, all kinds of stuff going on with uh, Carter and Cardinals coverage uh, through the post dispatch. They do a great job of it every single day of the year. Carter, as always, thank you for your time, and uh, we'll catch up again real soon. Thank you so much for having me. All right, there's Carter Chapley joining us here on Sports Open Line. When we come back, we will continue with our parade of coaches. As tonight, it is Missouri State men's basketball coach Dana Ford. The Bears are going to open up their season tomorrow night, one of the few teams in college basketball that have yet to open up. We'll talk with Coach Ford coming up in just a moment. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Sports Open Line continues. My name's Matt Pauley. We also continue with our parade of coaches. We've spent the last week or so talking with as many of the area men's basketball coaches as possible with the college basketball season getting underway. Most teams opened up their seasons last night. Missouri State, one of the few teams that did not. They'll play their first game of the regular season coming up tomorrow evening in Springfield when they welcome in Missouri S&T. They are the preseason number four team in the Missouri Valley Conference, and we're very happy right now to go to the Quiver River guest line and welcome in the head coach of Missouri State men's basketball. It is uh, Coach Dana Ford. Coach, thank you so much uh, for the time this evening. How are you? Doing well. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Really, really appreciate it. So it feels like just about every team in the nation is opening up on Monday night, and you guys have a couple more days. Is that a good thing because you get a couple days more practice, or is it kind of tough watching most of the nation open up on Monday and you still got to wait a couple days for your first game? Well, I think it's good for us. We're going to have an opportunity, like you mentioned, to, to, to practice a few more times and, and, and get a chance to see some, some scores around the country and, and hopefully get our get our blood pumping a little bit. Um, you know, ideally, maybe we could, we could have uh, opened up today like most teams, but the schedule didn't, didn't uh, work out that way. We, we've got a, um, uh, a certain amount of home games we like to, to get in the non-league schedule, and it just quite didn't work out that way. So we had to push some things back in order not to have such a big gap between um, uh, you know our, our home games that we have here in November. But um, nevertheless, Wednesday will be here before we know it. We talked uh, at the uh, the conference media days held here in, in St. Louis, and at that point, things were still very early, not a whole lot of practice, things like that. It was just coming out of the off season. So, take me through what this you know training camp preseason portion of the season has been for uh, been like for you guys. Is uh, you have a few established players, but you also brought in a lot of new players at the same time. You know, it's been an exciting time because of the uncertainty, and uh, like like most fans, not really knowing who is on our team 
as coaches, we we really don't quite know what what these guys can do under the lights. I mean, we've seen them do some certain things in practice, but uh, we're learning our our guys as we go. And, and uh, you know, we we had one exhibition game and a close scrimmage, and so we're starting to learn more and more about each and every last one of them. But there are some things that we found out in the fall through our workouts and, and through our, our, our 30 practices leading up to our opening game that we're really excited about. We feel like this group can be really good at. And a few of those things are definitely, uh, you know, the way they share the basketball. They play together. we got guys with high IQ. We have really good guard play, especially out front at the point guard position with Matthew Lee, transfer from St. Peter's, and Austin Mason, a transfer from Oklahoma. And uh, we've also got some length and some athleticism. And and we've got about, right now, you know, 12 guys that we're comfortable playing. Uh, A few freshmen have really surprised us. They're just so ready to play with their intensity. And then, like you mentioned, a few of our veteran guys have been through the the rigors of Division One, and and those guys are starting to lead – uh, on a day-to-day basis that, that's going to allow for us to get get, get better. And so what, what we say is, hey, we, we've got a lot to work on, but but we definitely have a lot to work with. All right, so you mentioned a, a, a team that likes to share the ball, you know, not a lot of selfishness. You mentioned good guard play. As a coach and as a coaching staff, those have got to be a couple things that are a real benefit to you as you put everything together. No, we're excited about that, and, and you're exactly right because – you, you want guys to be excited about playing as a team. And, and that's, 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 what, that's what we have. We, we, we definitely have a team in which we think the, the sum is going to be better than the individual parts. You know, last year we had guys like Isaiah Mosley and Gage Prim that were fantastic talents. But, but the issue became who was next in line. That gap was so big that those guys operated on a whole different level. And, and it worked out for us in certain areas, but, but this team's different in the sense of there's not such a big gap between our first guy and our 13th guy. And, and we built our roster like that by design because what we want to do is we want to have a collective unit that, that, that carries a high intensity for 40 minutes. And uh, that's not just uh, uh, offensively, but also defensively. And so we, we're, we've tried to improve on both sides of the ball and that's not always easy to do, especially when you have to sign so many new players. But we're really excited about what we have to work with. How important is Donovan Clay as being a guy who's put up big numbers for you, a guy who's on the preseason all-league team, and a guy who's been through uh, what you guys go through on a yearly basis? How important is he to what you want to accomplish this year? You know, he's very important, and he's a vital piece. And our team is a, as a whole is, is, a, is a bit like Donnie in the sense of, I'm not ready to say we do anything extremely well, but we do a lot of things good. Mm-hmm. And uh, Donnie's a very competitive guy. Uh, he's one of the best defenders, if not the best defender in our conference. He can defend one through five. Uh, he's got great hands and feet, got great instincts, athleticism and strength. And, uh, you know, we're going to count on him to, to really carry the load in regards to uh, our defense and our rebounding. And so, uh, he is as big of a piece as we have. And, and you know, we we, uh, we had a scrimmage and an exhibition. He was great in both. And, and now we're looking forward to him going out, uh, having what, what would be his senior year on the court. And uh, he's got one more year of eligibility due to COVID. But we're really hoping and anticipating that, that Donnie has a nice, a nice year for us. 
and hopefully that leads to, to some future basketball for him one day. He had 15 and 10 in that exhibition against uh, against Newman, and then you also had uh, Brian Trimble scoring 20 points. He had a couple other guys, Matthew Lee, Chance Moore, scoring in double figures. What you're saying to me, I feel like, could it be like that on an every night basis, where every night you could have three, four guys in double figures, but it might be a different three, four guys on any given night? Absolutely, and, and that's going to be the case. And, and uh, prior to last night's exhibition, through all of our inner squad scrimmage and our closed scrimmage, uh, Austin Mason was a guy that was scoring in double figures. And uh, we've also got a guy in Kendall Moore who's averaged double figures at Colorado State. Uh, we've gotten nice production from our freshman N.J. Benson in a couple scrimmages. And, and uh, you know, we're going to get big Dawson Carper back off injury. He's capable of scoring in double figures. So, uh, we're we're going to do it by committee. Um, you know, we, we do anticipate Brian Trimble being a guy that makes shots on a consistent basis. Donnie, uh, a consistent stat stuffer. But but we're definitely going to be a group that, that hangs our hat on the variety of guys that we have. And uh, hopefully that makes us hard to scout against because you just don't quite know uh, whose night it's going to be. Just a couple more questions for Coach uh, Dana Ford, the head coach of Missouri State men's basketball. Uh, when – the transfer portal is such a big part of college athletics right now. What's the difference for you as a coach, maybe both from a positive standpoint and from a negative standpoint? Can you compare integrating a freshman, a true freshman, a high school player into what you're trying to do versus somebody who comes in with some other D1 experience? You know, that's what we've tried to do. We, we brought in some quality high school kids, and um, we feel like they're going to be able to play and help us from day one. I know now in our recruiting efforts – if, if, if there's a high school kid that we're evaluating, if we don't feel like he can help us immediately, then we've kind of pumped the brakes on him a tad bit to see what's going to be available in the transfer portal. But we still want to recruit high-level four-year guys. And, and we're, we're more of the uh, philosophy of let's go get guys that the big boys will want to come and take. You know, we'll deal with the, the, that part on, it, on the back end. But if we're going to get one or two all-league years out of someone, for example, Isaiah Mosley, then great, let's do that. And uh, it is a challenge because what, you, what you're doing is you're setting yourself up to have uh, an above-average amount of newcomers each year. But at the same time, when you line up to play, no matter who you're playing, you're going to give yourself a chance to win. And so it, it's, not, it's not ideal. It's not something that we enjoy personally. But we, but, uh, we, we don't make the rules, and, and we have to try to maximize and give our university the best product we can year in and year out. And for us, we, we want to make sure that, that we have the opportunity to compete in the Missouri Valley every year, and the only way to do that is by getting high-end transfers and getting quality freshmen. So that's, that's kind of the world that we're in until changes come about. You obviously are having a ton of success in the transfer portal and bringing in these, these high-major type players what, for you personally, was was there a like a, a period there where you were learning that and, and maybe not totally embracing it, or was this something where you jumped right in and you said, "Okay, this is the way college basketball is, and we got to do this, and we got to do this well." Well, you know, I've always been a guy that's been a fan of of transfers, and, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that I spent some time at Wichita State, and Wichita was was a was a tough area to recruit because we didn't quite have good amount of high school basketball players within a 200-mile radius. Mm-hmm. And so we had to have other avenues of getting talent, 
and we went junior college. We went Division One transfer, and I also spent time at a junior college coaching myself. So I'm 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 very familiar with transfers and and, and how they operate and what qualities they bring. And so when when this play right away came about, you know, I was a little bit hesitant in accepting it, being good for college basketball. But at the same time, I thought to myself, I think I can really capitalize in the world of recruiting and keep a really good product out on the floor year in and year out. You know, you you don't necessarily have to rebuild very often anymore. And so um, I think we kind of jumped in. But, again, I, I, I'm not a I'm not a fan of it, like personally, right? I mean, but from a business standpoint, it, it's just the right thing to do. Last thing for you mentioned that you open up against Missouri S and T a week later. You go to BYU. Is that one of those things where you, you kind of get some of the whatever out of your system and you really look at yourself at Missouri S and T, and then you have a full week to really try to improve upon maybe some things you saw on that film getting set for a very tough game at BYU. But when you have 14 new guys, I mean, you're really just focused on one day at a time. And, and um, you, you know, we can't we can't look past anyone. Um, S&T, they, they're going to have a lot of pride. Uh, their coach is, is going to prepare them well. I've known Coach Walker for quite some time. They have an assistant coach on their staff that played for me at Tennessee State, so he's going to know some of the ins and outs of, of the things that we do. Uh, and then I think after that game, we'll we'll move our focus to BYU. Uh, but 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 you know, uh, I don't think that I'm I'm looking forward to playing an opponent as good as BYU, especially not before I actually have to buckle down and look at them. Absolutely, Coach. Thank you so much for your time. Um, hopefully, we can uh, check in with you maybe again around the time conference play opens. But uh, best of luck all season. Really looking forward to seeing you guys play. Thank you guys, and, and please feel free to reach out anytime. Really appreciate the coverage. Coach Dana Ford of the Missouri State men's basketball team joining us. They open up their year tomorrow in Springfield against Missouri S&T. They'll then have a week and a week from tomorrow. They'll play their second game of the year when they head to Provo, one of the toughest places to play in college basketball, and they will match up against BYU. Our parade of coaches continues tomorrow. We'll head down to Cape Girardeau, and we'll be joined by Southeast Missouri basketball coach Brad Korn. Simo got a great win yesterday when they knocked off South Florida 64 to uh, 61. So I uh, look forward to talking with uh, Coach Corn tomorrow. A number of coaches to still talk to before we are all said and done. We've got election coverage coming up in about 10 minutes. It's a big night. The entire KMOX news staff, they have assembled in our newsroom and they are ready to take over at 7 o'clock. We'll take one more break. We'll come back, get into a couple more things and wrap up this edition of Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam. This is Sports Open Live on America's Sports Voice. Touchdown, Kansas City! KMOX. Starting to wrap up this edition of Sports Open Line. We've got just one hour for you today. We are going to make way for the KMOX News Team. Election night coverage begins at uh, 7 o'clock. All the local coverage for uh, Missouri and Illinois uh, races. And then, of course, uh, national coverage from CBS News all night long. They are scheduled to go till at least 11 o'clock tonight. So you do not want to go anywhere. A great team of folks going to be. So one of my favorite things about working here. On big news times, when a lot is going on, it's really cool just to walk through the KMOX newsroom when there's all these people 
pulling in the same direction, doing what they do best. And they are going to be doing that tonight with coverage starting in just about uh, five minutes here on KMOX. Do want to let you know before we get out of here, though, a little bit of breaking uh, sports news. We do this uh, every Tuesday night now moving forward until the end of the college football season. The new college football playoff rankings are out And uh, no real big surprises here. Georgia, after they got that convincing win against Tennessee this past weekend, uh, they move up two spots and they move into the number one position. Ohio State, they stay put at number two. Michigan, they move up two spots. So they were on the outside looking in. They are now inside the top four. They are the number three team in the nation. And then TCU, they're the big mover. They move up three spots and they are in the number four spot. So if the season were to end right now, your college football playoff semifinal games would be Georgia against TCU and Ohio State against Michigan. How about that? Now, things, of course, will continue to uh, to jumble around. Ohio State and Michigan uh, haven't played. But those four teams, they are sitting 9-0. and Tennessee is the first team out at 8-1. and They're number 5. Oregon, number 6. LSU, number 7. USC, number 8. And Alabama falls down three spots at 7-2. They're in the 9 spot. And uh, they may... They, they may be SOL now. They they may not have an opportunity to um, get back into the top four and be into the college football playoff. All right, that's going to do it for this issue of Sports Open Line. You do not want to go anywhere. It is election night, and you're not going to find better coverage anywhere than right here. Wall-to-wall election coverage begins next right here on KMOX. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.